Welcome to Circle Around. On this podcast, we hope to see, analyze, reflect, and respond better to our context by asking meaningful questions that lead to better questions. Our conversation is aimed at helping believers make sense of their world and then reimagine a new way of responding faithfully with full presence to the challenges of our urban society. We are your hosts, Lusanda and Mahlanzi Mashua. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope you enjoy this episode. So I'm drawn to the incarnation and the significance to how it talks about the nearness of God mm. to me. You know, one of Jesus' names is Emmanuel, God yeah. with us. Yeah. And uh, incarnation is a big theological word, but it just means exactly that, God coming down to be with us, mm -hmm. God coming near. And so I love that because it just tells us that God didn't just stay in heaven and watch everything from above and didn't offer a solution mm. only and stay aloof, but he right. came to be with us, to be with us in our joy, mm. in our pain, our longing for hope, mm. in our disappointment, and in our in our deepest, deepest longing for purpose. Mm. And um, we live in a, in a broken world, yeah. you know, but that, that broken world got visited by God. Yeah. Um, and so we're here again, just wanting to find ways of grabbing onto that wholeness and shalom, knowing very well that our God knows how to sit with our pain yeah. and with our longing as well. But Matlatsa, I wanted to start by asking you, um, mm. where have you seen the brokenness of the world this week? Seeing corruption, I think, um, mm. particularly in the form of, um, or where resources that are meant to, to help, you know, mm. people. Uh, people who are desperate, people who are hungry, people who've lost their jobs during, you know, this uh, pandemic, uh, people who belong, I guess, to the vulnerable groups in our communities. Um, when I see those resources being redirected unjustly, uh, as I've seen this week, um, to, to, you know, for selfish reasons towards people who don't need them but are greedy, mm. Uh, that yeah, that that breaks me. That broke me this week. Yeah. Um, and when I see, you know, us coming, you know, society and and almost like we're shocked about and about these things or the the same people who are doing it coming to express also the shock shocked, yeah. about it. Uh, that even makes it worse. Yeah. You know, there's a we, not only are we corrupt, but we are dishonest about our corruption. Sure. Seeing that really broke me this uh, yeah this this week. Yeah, and where would and where would you um, say you you've seen a breaking through of shalom? I think that when when unjust behavior is being called out, as I've 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 been hearing on social media, mm. especially with regards to this conversation on gender-based violence, and seeing how more men in my circles are starting to to see it as an act of grace. Mm. That when, when sin is exposed, mm. that it, it is an act of grace calling us towards repentance. Because I think there can be nothing worse than you're going on the wrong path and there's nothing that, that tells you that you are going on that wrong path and you keep just keep going yeah, uh, yeah, on that. Yeah. So I think um, these, these uh, calling out you know, uh, messages, I'm not your imbarato, um that shocks us or conversations mm. with you around yeah. you know, what Women's Month is or... Um, you know the statistics yeah, when they yeah, yeah. as they've been, been been shown to us about what yeah. gender-based violence means that that seeing men in my circles i think respond better 
um, than we have before. Okay. Seeing us respond better than we have. Okay. I think that's, that's, the, that's Shalom because, um, in a sense, Shalom speaks about how God intends things to be. Okay, and good. so yeah. whenever there's like a, there's a calling out, there's a, there's a rebuke, there's a, there's a correction, or there's even a flag that says, this is wrong, this is wrong in the world, mm -hmm. that that is an invitation, at least an act of grace uh, that invites us towards righteousness. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, I mean, I, I think I appreciate that so much because uh, we've, just, we've just had a, a conversation now where I was sharing with you about some of the, the, the mixed feelings I have about um, <clears throat> August. And, uh, and I think you um, obviously heard what I said in terms yeah. of how it makes me feel and, uh, you know, all of the different aspects. But I'd love to hear what Women's Month means for you. So uh, up until now, mm. it's, it's been about uh, honoring uh, and celebrating, you know, the women in my life, um, appreciating the role that they play, um, you know, then uh, part of my or our culture is to recognize those who've come before you mm. uh, and then putting a spotlight that women's month is also about putting a spotlight <clears throat> on mm. women, particularly in their role mm. in, um, in, 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 in forging a path, you know, and building or putting in place some of the important, uh, you know, um, uh, pillars in our society that allowed me to enjoy the kind of society today, at least, uh, that, that I can enjoy. So, for instance, thinking about, uh, you know, the origins of, uh, you know, Women's Day and thinking mm. about some of the, the, as part of the, the largest struggle narrative in, in South Africa. You know, when I think when uh, Mama Winnie passed away, one of the things that uh, was highlighted was the erasure of women yeah, in, in in the, the struggle narrative, struggle. Yeah. right? Whenever we, we we think about you know the struggle uh, narratives, we you know there's been a, a broader like erasure of women's roles in that, and so I think it was from there that things began to to sh to yeah. change for me in terms of understanding and appreciating. So Women's Day was also about an, a way in which I get to appreciate the role that women have played mm. in forging um, some of the uh, winning some of the freedoms that we enjoy in in South Africa today. Uh, but it, it, it is it has also been it's been quite distant. So it has also been about celebrating outwardly what those women, what you women okay. have done, and 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 not really an opportunity for me to to reflect uh, um, about you. me yeah. in particular. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's also been, uh, and I confess, I think I I also have been part of, you know, um, those who who feel comfortable with the the patterns, the, the pillars, the tools, the, the framing of Women's Day that, that you know, where we, where we come out during this time. And I would have probably put up a statement, if, you know, if I hadn't had a conversation with you about how we support women during this time. Uh, and, uh, and, and maybe just thought about some of the few things yeah. that challenge, you know, women and just say, look, guys, look, we celebrate women, but let's remember like these things. Um, yeah. We need to do better, yeah. you know, sort of those kind of messages, which are important, I think. But I think without necessarily seeing myself yeah. in that, in that, in that, in that conversation. That's very good. Uh, that leads me to my next question, because often whenever we talk about uh, patriarchy or toxic masculinity or sexism, most, most men would likely um, think about, this is talking about the men over there, those yeah. men, right? And so 
the picture of like those men there are are the problem. But you seem to to have had a journey where you you're a little bit more introspective and bringing the story home. What was your wake up moment? I mean, are there conversations that you've had or or actual things that that you have that you've done or of of you've experienced that made you think, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, so I mean, I, I wouldn't describe it as like a, you know, I was bad and then I had a wake up moment and then I'm good. Okay, it's good. Um, I think I have, I have, I have, I have these wake up moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that help me to get better in one particular area. Okay. And so there are many wake up, mo- okay. <laughs> waking up moments yeah. uh, that I can describe, yeah. but. But let me describe one that happened a few years ago um, that allowed me to at least to move closer towards understanding myself and speaking less just only about this other as men other men, men, but thinking about myself. And um, the irony of the story, you'll, you'll, you'll understand as I share it, I think, so I was dropping our two, two, two girls uh, at school, mm. um, our two oldest and at school. And as we were driving, it was actually during um, the week where there was an, an outcry, uh, you know, that was sort of um, expressed as, am I next? Women asking yeah, yeah. themselves, having looked at some of the gruesome uh, murders that would, had taken place, mm. uh, uh, you know, women were murdered just doing the everyday things, the mundane things, going to the post Go office, for walking from yeah, lectures, right? And so women were asking the question, am I next? Because you don't have to be in any exceptional circumstance even mm. to be a victim. Mm. Uh, it's just you just live in South Africa and you are, yeah. you know. And so the question was, am I next? And I remember, though, you know, at that time, to be honest, I had a, a bit of a dismissive attitude towards the, 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 the question and the, the, the lament. Mm. Maybe just it was distant from me. Let me put it this way. I didn't see it as, I saw it as an exaggeration um, mm. at the time. But we're driving in a, in, in, in a car with the two girls at the back. And, uh, you know, at the time they're five and three. And we're having some amazing conversations. And in the background there was, there was, a, there was the newsreader, SFM came on. I thought, well, SFM is always on. And uh, there, was a, there, was a, there was a newsreader who was faintly starting to read the news in the background saying, um, and I could hear it saying, look, the next story that I'm about to share contains you know, a violence and it, it, it has, um, it's not suitable for, for children and sensitive viewers. Mm. And so hearing that, I, I reached over to the volume dial and, yeah. I, you know, and I, turned, I, turned, I, I turned it down the volume uh, gradually, but eventually switching off, you know, the, the the, the news, the radio altogether. And Maisha asked me the question, Papa, why did, you, why, did you switch, why did you turn that off? And I tried to sort of explain to them that the story that they were about to, to, to share on radio, you know, they said it contains violence and that it wasn't suitable for children. And Maisha then started to make the connection between all the billboards that she'd been reading because the stories had been on the billboards. Yeah, the, the, news, so, the news, correct, um, things on the, 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 pole, the new, on Particularly the, the story about how a young a girl, I think she was uh, age six, so I think if I'm not mistaken, had been kidnapped from just mm. outside her school. My yeah. she had read that. Yeah. And so she started asking me, is it that story? Mm. But, but is it, were they gonna tell the story about the girl that got that stolen? Got taken. Yeah. 
right, that got stolen as if she expressed yeah. it from her school. And it shocked me because at one end, I thought to myself, look, I had the privilege of being able to, to, to reach over to the volume dial and turn down the violence that could visit my children. Mm. Uh, you know, there was violence and it was going to visit my children and I could simply just reach out and turn down, you know, the dial and switch off that violence. And, okay. and I started thinking, man, there are fathers, the parents out there who, who are unable, who don't have that dial, yeah. right? That they live in a context where violence actually is in the home. It lives with them and mm -hmm. they, there's no, there's nothing, there's no volume dial <coughs> to turn it down. But then I just thought that even in that situation where I thought I had protected them from violence, I hadn't really protected them from violence. Mm -hmm. And uh, and uh, and Maisha now was was interrogating, you know, me on on this uh, sort of superficial way of protecting yeah. them from violence, yeah. and she's now asking me the question did you see uh, about 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 this girl, Papa. Why did this girl get taken? Why did this girl? You know, what did the people who stole this girl want to do with this girl? And man, I just didn't have the language yeah. to explain it uh, to her to them. Uh, in, in, and I just, I remember just ch choking my yeah. way through trying to explain that. And then she asked the question, Papa, uh, will, they, will they steal us? Hmm. And immediately she asked that question. I recognized the framing of it. Am hmm. I next? Am I next? She yeah. was asking me, am I next? Hmm. And all of a sudden, a question that I thought, ah, it's a question out there. there that those women are exaggerating about, you know, that not all of us have the same kind of fears and same questions and all of us live in different proximity towards a problem, mm -hmm. da, 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 da. I'd sort of worked my way into being dismissive about it. And yet it had found its way into, into, the, into, no, into, 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 yeah, into our car, into, into, into our, my personal private space. And I thought I should know better as a Christian because I should not only care about it when it's my daughter, my wife, my, my sister, sister, that I should care about it because God cares about it, because it affects human beings, it yeah. affects God's world. Yeah. And I shouldn't, be, I shouldn't have to take my daughters asking me this question for me to actually understand, understand and care enough about these issues and to listen, to understand. And so mm. that day I thought, you know what, um, it took me to step closer into not, not seeing it only as a problem for uh, that other men out there have, but that that problem is also here, how I understand these issues and how I respond as well. And I should actually start by interrogating myself and how I respond to these things. That's so good. That's so good. Um, I think, and I think that's, a, that's the thing about it, Hayes, is that it's, it's a really personal and, and raw moments that actually make you wake up um, yeah, and so mm. another another thing that I wanted to get into is, it's it's often difficult, right? Um, it's, it's a hard balance all the time when you have to think about um, experiencing oppression in one sense, but at the other side, you also have to be aware that you there are some ways you might be experiencing privilege in another area of your identity, and I think that's probably some of the conversation that. Yeah. Um, that you, you, you're having with yourself as a man and with other men as well. Um, and obviously mm. recognizing your oppression mm. can come a little bit more easy, um, but seeing your privilege yeah. is another. 
Um, yeah. What are the ways that you have had to do that, to do that work of waking up to some of the privilege that you have just by being in a male body? Lusanda, look, the reality is that my, me being um, male, I guess, in society, there are certain things I don't have to uh, think about, some of which I only get to think about when I hear mm -hmm. women reflecting on their pain and their, their painful experiences, yeah. right? Um, I, I don't have to worry a lot of the time. I'm not even thinking about what do I have to do to, yeah. to prevent myself from being, from being raped. Um, uh, I don't have to, to worry about, um, you know, harassment in, in public. Yeah, that's very good. Um, but also I, I, I have the benefit and sometimes I didn't, I, I don't, I mean, earlier on, I didn't realize this, but I have the benefit of being, uh, believed in certain church spaces mm. when I point out, you know, certain things that I've been advised by women to point out when I consider how those women would not be yeah. received in those spaces. And they probably advise right? you because they know that if they say yeah. it. But I also, I think a part of, I guess, the male uh, privilege is, is that, um, is that, is that, is that there is a sense of uh, leadership. You're given the benefit of doubt when, when people consider you playing a leadership role. So you can mm -hmm. be an automatic leader in certain spaces because certain, a lot of spaces already considers um, men as, as leaders, even if they don't qualify or even okay. if they don't have mm -hmm. characteristics or even they're, if they're going to lead people who have greater leadership skills than them, hmm. for instance. Yeah. So I'm aware of all of those. Yeah, that's, and I mean, that's good. And, and, and how do you think it's been important for you in your, in your, whether it's in your friendships or just for you personally to be able to name that this is male privilege now at play? Yeah, so we can't change what we can't see, um, what we can't name. Hmm. Um, I think it's, it's difficult to... And so being in, reading up, uh, having conversations, learning about what it, what it, what it is. Like I said, it, sometimes it's difficult to see it because it's your world. It's just a normal way in which you're framed. Yeah. Um, when we go home, you know, whether we visit your house or we visit my house. Yeah, I know. I right? know there's, there's, there, a, there, the, there's a code of conduct, <laughs> there's isn't a, there's there? There's yeah. an expectation <laughs> yeah. where I, if I sat down you know, the whole time and I just relaxed in front of the TV and I did nothing, you know, cleaning wise or, you know, washing dishes or uh, preparing meals or anything. If I just sat down and I was just served the entire time, right, which is nice, um, then that wouldn't be seen as bad. I, I would actually not, yeah. that, that's, that's in my, expected. In, in my right? context, you expected, in fact, yeah. everyone else arranges to prepare Correct. for you to be there. Yeah. To be because I'm a guy, it's fine. Yeah. It's expected for me not to do much in that sense, to be served. But mm. then if you did that, if you arrive, you feel the pressure to, there's an expectation for you to, to wait on on people your husband. and I've got to also perform correct. that, even if I don't do that in our own house, correct. but we've got to perform those no, things. No, you don't do that in the house. But you have to, yes. I'm saying, I'm saying, <laughs> when we're at home, boo -boo, I, I don't do we that. We have to play that, we have to play that role. I have to do that, I have to play and, that role. And, and, but if you were to sit down and do the exact same thing that I was doing, yeah. you'd be seen as lazy or dishonoring yeah. or, you know. And I mean, um, we have interesting conversations on our way back home. <laughs> yes, yes we do. Uh, <laughs> 
yeah. So, <laughs> so, 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 yeah. So, so there's there's that sense in which, um, you know, we 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 have a different um, yeah. expectations yeah. Yeah. Uh, that Please I play. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And um, going back to your answer about um, how you you saw, you know, you saw yourself in that story with Maisha mm. and. Um, and, and that wake-up call, we, we do tend to see violence as something over there, right? Like you said, you, you saw the outcry of the women, it's the women over there, they're overreacting over there. Um, mm. there, there also tends to be this, this, uh, this, this thing where um, whenever a, a person, like a, a man does something to a woman, we go and exceptionalize them and we interrogate just them, right? Mm, Why yeah. did he do it? He was a lone wolf. He wasn't well and almost wanting to individualize the problem and silo it down to that one person mm. as opposed to ignore the whole system that actually makes this whole thing possible, right? Um, so how can you, can you help us to critically reflect on the structural drivers mm. that actually make this, this um, like that man and many other men who, who would do that? possible right whether it's communities that are broken down and substance abuse and whatever else things things happening in family dynamics i mean what are some of those things that form uh, an ecosystem for that kind of for, for that for that kind of reality yes sure so we 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 can often you know demonize the individual yeah uh while failing like you said to critically reflect on the systemic the entire thing right yeah. and and it's important for us to not only think about when it's happened, yeah. uh, but what are the things that enable it, yeah. what the, the things that create, the things that enable it, the things that are meant to stop it, but they don't stop yeah. it. Uh, that's, that's, really, that's really important. Um, I think we can, from a cultural, we've got you know, the religious space as well, uh, we've got that, that give us these ideological drivers uh, so ideas, for instance, that says, that frames me as a man, as somebody who's an owner of bodies, women's bodies, mm. Mm. for instance, that's contained in, in many different uh, cultural ideological frameworks in some theologies as well uh, in, the, in the church space, uh, not only in the church space in terms of Christianity, but in other, in other religions religious as well. Institutions, yeah. uh, but also those that are not necessarily uh, religious as well. Um, I think ones that particularly fail to justify inherent dignity uh, and worth uh, can tend to, to themselves prioritize other things, yeah. uh, a sense of consumerism, which may also, you know, reflect itself as, uh, as, as uh, uh, justifying a, re uh, a relationship with a woman that's based on just a taking, uh, a consuming um, mm -hmm. But I, I can remember, um, Lusanda, that even in, you know, on our wedding day, I still remember that with such fondness. I know, I know that you, you always, you know, go back to the, the fact that I, I didn't cry um, when you walked down. You didn't cry? I, I, when, you, <laughs> when you walked down. You I, didn't cry? I, no, I didn't. Okay. And, 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 uh, and uh, that's because I was overwhelmed. Okay? Oh. I was very overwhelmed. Okay. <laughs> when something is overwhelmed, yeah? you cry, okay. but... Then it's <laughs> but I still um, want us to do that. Let anyway. me fast forward okay. that from that moment to yep. later on that day when when we when the ceremony was done, and we were receiving the different types of advices, right? Yes, the speeches, yes, yes, right? Yes, yes. During the speeches, I still remember the 
the speeches that I got yes. had more to do with like, a, it was a social high five. Well done. You know, you got the babe. Got one. Yeah. Got this one. is a good one. Well done. Got it. it was like, it was a, it was a, it was like, you know, granny after granny and aunt. And they were just saying congratulations to me. And then for you, <laughs> though, it was, God. it was this advice that was given to you that, that was almost, it was a, almost the same script, actually. Speak mm. after speaker. Lusanda, Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in a, in a marriage, you persevere, you persevere. Mm. long suffering, you mm. must be patient. Yeah. Um, and what was interesting was that was given to you, that was said to you, right? Yeah. I, I mean, it would have made sense if it was said to both of us, because I think we understand that, it, you know, uh, a marriage takes, takes work. It's an amazing institution yeah we love it we we, we enjoy Covenant, it this relationship. Um, but yeah. it but but you have to you, it, it takes a lot of work to 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 build a marriage yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and and a friendship within a in the marriage and it require patience and it's also it more you towards me but but on that day you were the one being told that, that I have uh, to be patient. And, and and we've seen this yeah. we've seen this script right mm. play play many many times over where there, as, there's an expectation that is put on women to say, okay, this, it's almost like they were saying, Lusanda Maslati is going to mess up. Maslati has a right to mess up and not be questioned about, you know, the difficulties that he's going to bring. Your role, yeah. he, he'll be just doing what he's expected to do. Because he's here. Right? He got you. That's right. He did his That's part. That's it. But your role in that is to persevere. Yeah. And, and, and what's worse about that is that that advice continues long after the wedding. Yeah. And we've seen that in, in, in cases where there's gender-based violence, where, say, a husband is uh, physically abusing his mm. wife, yeah. and his wife then goes back to her, her family, family, right, yeah. and leaves and goes to the family. And when she gets there, the advice is given, listen, we know that what's happening is bad and it's terrible. We feel sorry for you. However, em shatwini. Yeah, right you you should go back and mm. and so she's then pushed back, back mm. uh to 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 go to to yeah. to the home of the abuser yeah. so she's not safe in in, her, in, in, in that home yeah. but she's not safe back and so she has nowhere to yeah uh, to to go in fact this week i saw you know uh somebody that we know who was sharing up uh, their their appreciation that when they went home Mm. that they were received, they, asked questions. they were received, mm. uh, they were made to feel safe. Mm. Uh, why is that an exceptional story? Mm. Because we yeah. know that what is normal is that when you go home, you're pushed back. You're pushed you know, back. No, yeah, the, yeah. The fact that it, the, the husband is abusing you or is, is made it unsafe for you is, a, is an issue. So these yeah. are some of the issues that are, are difficult to talk about because they, they touch on some of our sacred cows, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. Because if we talk about culture, we're still reeling from this, you know, this injustice that was that was that was done again through colonialism, where culture was dismissed. Yeah. Uh, and so there, there can be sometimes an uncritical uh, embrace of all things, you know, under the umbrella of culture, because you know we we don't want to do the same thing that was done, you know, by the colonialists, uh, colonizers, uh, with regards to to committing cultural injustice. But actually. We need to talk about some of the problematic issues within yeah. our traditions, our uh, traditional and cultural. Because uh, cultures are also developed by humans, right? And who Correct. make mistakes and who could see things in part. That's right. Uh, mm. And then also in our religious spaces, 
um, sometimes we 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 we, we we it's difficult for us to speak about how you know religion can play a role or plays a role in upholding uh, creating and upholding yeah. uh, injustice and the reason is because I think we, we, we think that it would be irreverent of us uh, somehow maybe we would be speaking against God but actually when we look at how God um, you know acts in the Bible uh, we look at how Jesus acts in the Bible it seems that what we do more is actually we end up by refusing to speak about these things, uh, we end up actually doing the text injustice. We end sure. up doing framing yeah. God unjustly. Uh, and so I see a lot of women who say things like, um, I don't find myself, you know, in the text. Uh, wow, how is this a story about me and yeah. my experience? I don't find my experience. In fact, I yeah. see these problem texts that yeah. people, you know, read over. Yeah. Uh, that people don't see, and I see uh, women who who have been uh, uh, who find themselves a lot in a situation where men in power abuse their authority to gain, say, sexual favors. Mm. For instance, uh, they read, uh, they listen to how we preach about David, you know, and and Bathsheba, and uh, say, look, you know, she seduced him. Yeah. And uh, so they, they read that story and they hear how we preach about it and, you know, and, and how yeah. do they feel safe. It, yeah. it, you know, this is a text that's, that's used to say, well, you know, we should actually question the victims. Yeah. We should lay blame on the victims. And so that's how they experience this text. And so there are ways in which we preach the text as well that actually, uh, you know, drive this uh, because because not only do do women feel that way, it can empower and embolden those men yeah. to not see the problem, uh, to to not see themselves as the problem, to not see for us not to see ourselves as the problem. So even when, for instance, you know, I've heard sermons where you know rape is 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 spoken of in terms of something that's happened to someone. Yeah, and so. Obviously, the solution then, if you frame it that way, is to think about what that person was doing, where they were, yeah. so that you can prevent rape from happening yeah. to them. But if you know, rape is a a violation of a woman's bodily integrity and 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 auto autonomy. Yeah. Uh, that's given to her, something that is sacred, given by God. Then, then it's a, somebody who's violating that we need to be looking at. Is is, yeah. is then our solutions are geared towards the violator, for instance. But I think some of the ways in which we preach about what these things are, um, particularly gender-based violence, in a narrow sense, it 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 can be it can drive uh, gender-based violence yeah. uh, from our text. Uh, there's also ways in which um, you know we don't talk about the the economic disadvantages of women. Yeah. In our which, which is part of why sometimes they get taken back home because Correct. now she's going to be an economic burden. No, that's your economic um, place. So yeah. you go, you get taken care of there. Sometimes that's a driver. Yeah, which which is why you cannot. Uh, I think it it you can't you you can't say you have a a, a solution until you've also yeah. addressed the economic. the economic disadvantages. Yeah. Right. Uh, again, it it ranges from. On one side, women getting paid less than men for doing the same job or even more, yeah. right? It ranges from that to all the way to women being, being, being dependent on, on men yeah. uh, to provide for them financially, which means that they always have to negotiate 
um, yeah. you know, their, their, their well-being in that sense and yeah. think, you know, what is it going to cost me? What's it going to cost me? What's it going to cost if my I leave? If I and leave. My, yeah, I mean, you know, this week, uh, last week, uh, we, you know, we, we were speaking to yeah. uh, a, a woman who was a survivor of gender-based violence in and she said home, for yeah. 11 years she stayed in a, a marriage because, uh, you know, of her children. Mm. She didn't know how she was going to provide for her for children, her kids, but she yeah. stayed in that marriage even though she was being abused, abused raped, yeah. you know, and, uh, and, yeah. and eventually, you know, she got the courage you know, to, to leave when there was a glimmer of hope that at least they'll be able to, to eat. Yeah. You know, that the, the children will be able to eat. And so uh, we have to talk about, yeah, you know, the, the economic side of things as well, that there are economic drivers. It's ideological, there are economic drivers, uh, but then there are also these institutions that are set up to also uh, uh, sort of mm. create this environment. Uh, but there's also things like silence as well. Uh, you know, I think silence on is, the part is of a men. men. Or, yeah. Silence yeah. of men. But I think everybody, <clears throat> but I would focus on, on men okay. in, in particular. Uh, when we demonize, you know, uh, the individual uh, and not the system, we don't see some of the, the things which uh, are not at the end uh, 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 side of things that when you talk about gender-based violence, like this man, you know, was the one who pe perpetrated this gender-based violence. He was, you know, he had, he had a, a deviant, you know, Behavior, sexual yeah. uh, interest and preoccupation. Uh, this man was abused himself yeah. uh, and, you know, fatherless generation, you know, we talk yeah. about, but yeah. you don't talk about uh, those who are around, who are silent about it. Okay. Um, those in terms who, of his context correct, that makes him like that. Correct. Okay. Uh, or those who see it but don't say anything or don't do something about it. Uh, that eventually leads to failing yeah. the, uh, victims. Yeah. And, 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 and so you can talk about the role of the way we tell the stories, right? So the media, for instance, so when they tell the stories, will, over, will tell us what, we, what, what grabs our, our imagination mm. as well. And so we will, we will, we will hear the facts. This is the, yeah. this is the woman. She was this. She was this. Uh, this was her age. This was her tra tra trajectory of her life. And these are the the the, the gruesome details of, of her, 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 her death, torture and torture, death yeah. and so forth. And the and experience. and they do this. So imagine if also in the media, we got told in detail how men were silent, didn't speak out uh, mm. when, when they heard, you know, uh, these jokes being made, the sexist jokes being made. That uh, led up to that. that. Yeah, that, that minimizes, you know, violence against uh, women, mm. for instance. Imagine if we're told the horror of the silence mm. or the silent man. Uh, oh, uh, these men actually, uh, you know, set and made a man who, mm. who was a known perpetrator yeah. of gender-based violence. They sat and made him comfortable, yeah, right? Yeah. All the horror because he of was that context, Maybe because he was you know, rich and you know. nobody spoke out against him. Because, oh, something yeah. like that? Exactly. Okay. So the horror, I'm saying, just showing the, how bad that is. Yeah. You know, all the horror of the advice that Lusanda was given, mm. you know, uh, on, a, on a wedding on a wedding day. This, sure. is, this is part of the violence, guys. Mm. You know, this is, this is part of this expectation. Sure. Oh, look, 
how a woman was passed for a job, you know, uh, that she was very qualified for uh, in favor of a man. Look how horrible this is. You know, uh, that sort of thing. I mean, imagine if that's also the way mm. in which we told, rather than the stuff that's, that easily catches, that catch our attention, because all of these things speak to the statistics. Okay. And, and there's, sometimes there's, there's a difference, that we have a different relationship, you know, um, to the stories versus the, the statistics. We forget that the numbers actually translate into people. It's easier for me to relate to the story that tells me the detail mm. of her age and her life and the trajectory of her life and that sort of thing than when I look yeah. at a number. But those numbers represent stories of people who, yeah. with, with ages, with trajectories in life yeah. as well. So I think it's the way we also tell yeah. our stories that that's important, something that we need to interrogate. That's, that's powerful. I mean, what you basically sharing with these things is that um, these aren't, this is not just an academic exercise. It can't be just an academic exercise. It can't be just, like you're saying, posturing and naming things. It's not just um, naming that one person. But this is, this is an issue that, that affects all of us. And it's, and it's, a, and it's a justice issue, that uh, gender-based violence, oppression of women, and this, um, the, the, the way in which, uh, and, and, the, and the setup of patriarchy is a, is a justice issue because it deals with how humans leave an imprint on, on each other and how, how, how it leaves a texture on, on mm. other human beings. And I mean, how, how, how do you begin to just address this dichotomy between the Bible being used to oppress and to agree and to sit comfortably with those things, right? Yeah. Um, but then also the Bible being a liberating, liberating text. Um, how, do you, how do you make sense of, of those two things? So I think that, um, as you've spoken, the, when the Bible is used as a, as a text, uh, as a tool for oppression, it is often in itself, or the usage is a, is a commentary on, on mm. the, the ability of the human heart to take something that is, something that is mm. good, something that is sacred, and to, to use it for its own agendas. Yeah. So I think what it is, is you find that uh, we, we, as, we as people are able to take uh, stuff that is, is really good and abuse it. And, and some of those abuses, you know, are laid bare uh, when we consider how the text is justified um, or even sometimes create or just at least sustained, mm. you know, this, uh, this, these injustices uh, towards, towards women. Because sometimes we even, we, we quote scripture, right, yeah. to, to justify injustice. Uh, in often not even looking at how some of the ways in which we're using scripture would almost be, not almost, would be a rebuke to yeah. Jesus Christ himself. Yeah. Because you look at the person of Christ and then you see, you see, you know, what a man. He comes into a culture that uh, considers women as second-class citizens. Mm. Right. Some mm. of the prayers uh, that were being prayed, thank God yeah. that, you know, I'm a man, you know, firstly, thank God I'm a Jew, not a Gentile. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a what you call, I'm a, I'm a human being. Yeah. Right. Rather than a dog. I'm a man rather than, yeah, a, woman rather than a woman in mm. that order. Right. Or oh, I'm, 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 a, I'm, a, I'm free rather than a slave. Sure. Right. And then woman last, hmm. you know, so in that, in that, in that, in that order. In that order. And 
you, so you come into that context, um, and and you you then he starts to contradict some of the ways in which women are uh, treated, or ex- it's uh, some of the ways in which it's accepted yeah. that women should be treated this way based on how they're perceived. This is their place in society. Then the Jesus honors again. them. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus honors women. He he respects them. He He, 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 he's not afraid to lose a public debate mm. against a woman. Against a woman, in, yeah. In, in this culture, right? He's not, he's not, he, 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 he smiles when he does. Yeah. When a woman shines in rhetorical flourish. Hey, flourish. Right? <laughs> in an issue, hey. <laughs> Jesus smiles. Come on. And he's happy. His his ego hasn't taken a hit. Hmm. Uh, he 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 advocates for women being educated theologically, when women are not supposed. They have no place in theological education mm-hmm. in this time. Uh, when women are, are are thought as people who should be in the background, they are leading, playing a role. In fact, if you That's study good. Matthew and And uh, and and how Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and see how women are are being are being uh, portrayed. You you start to see how it's incredible, especially in in Luke. Uh, the, the 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 there's there's a there's a portrayal of the failure of men who are close to Jesus in understanding him, in worshiping him, in serving alongside him selflessly. And then there's a sharp contrast. Mm. Luke especially brings it out. Mm. Women are serving selflessly. They worship him perfectly, or at least in you know, the way that they're supposed to, mm. and they play a prominent role ultimately in being the messengers, the yeah. first messengers, the ones that are entrusted in announcing that justice has broken through, that mm. a, the kingdom has been yes. inaugurated, yes. the greatest rescue mission. Right, that's that. It's it's portrayed that women are entrusted with this with, message, with this message. Yeah. So you see a, a stark interest, a, a stark difference. Sorry, in in the way Jesus applies himself, challenges injustice, yes. but also uh, recognizes the inter- intellect, the value, the worth of women, mm. and and seeks to to also remove some of the social uh, barriers that women face in his time. You see that that, that difference between that and Okay. We in the church, what we do, we're not we're not experiencing. We're not experienced that way. Okay. Um, another way is is you know when we think about this word feminist in the church, I'd say I think it breaks me sometimes when I think about some of the things in which feminists um, articulate the very things which Jesus was what doing. What cared about? Yeah. Mm. But because. Uh, there's a way in which feminists can be compartmentalized. Your fem, those, those feminists, feminists, that's, that's over there. feminists, yeah, angry, yeah. Women, over angry there. women who are trying to to say men, uh, men, women should be in power over, in a position of power over over men. Again, mm, a, a limited that, understanding. That, that binary of power again. Exactly, a limited understanding of of what of what it is. Some of the key messages, uh, uh, some of the key ideas and concepts. 
uh, it ends up being like this. You end up finding some things called feminist theologians. So when men do theology, it's just theology. It's theology. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And then yeah. when when when, when a woman does theology it's from called, a woman's point of view, it's called feminist, feminist theology. theology. And then and then some of us talking about male privilege, we read feminist theologians. Then we come and we preach, but because we're men, we now cross over from. Female, yeah, feminist theology to the normal world mm. and then we preach the same things and we get all sorts of amens yeah and you yeah you you get your you get your badges you get your yeah, yeah. Sure. in fact we might be treated as bringing something incredibly something new, new into this space yeah to the normal yeah. world yeah i mean you've gone you've gone into something that i, I obviously cared about and i wanted to ask you already um which is how I mean, you've just described to me how you would see Jesus subverting the way in which women get uh, made invisible, the way in which women's um, experiences don't really find voice. We don't, you know, we don't see them, but you, you've shown me how Jesus subverts and undermines all of that. And uh, I mean, I, I would want to know what should that call from you? As a man, so now when you experience that Jesus, because that's what I was saying in the one before, that we know that Jesus, we love that Jesus, He has loved us. Mm. Now, with the way that you've just given me this powerful picture of that Jesus, what does that challenge you to to bear witness to and to be as a man? What does that ask of you as a man? It asks me to to make sure to ask the question: Where am I participating? in structures of injustice, mm. um, in, in, in systems and structures that give me an advantage as a man, but that's built off um, injustice towards, towards women, framing mm. them unjustly. Um, you know, so I, I remember the first time we had this conversation, you know, honest conversation in our own home. Mm. I'd grown up in a, in, a, in a space where it was patriarchal. Everything is, is, is structured around the male experience, right? As a leader and, you know, men go out to make the money. The money to make the food. And uh, women, are, yeah, women are at home mm -hmm. uh, and they do these chores, cleaning and laundry. But my father was, was sort of a contradiction within... That at least showed some, let me just say, yeah, yeah. some aspects, yeah, yeah, yeah. some contradictory elements, right, in the story. But, because but he Papa used, is very you know, different. Because though. he, yeah, my dad used them up, and I saw my dad cleaning, you know, and uh, it, was, it was, you know, even though in my context he was, he, he was considered as someone who was bewitched, you know, that my mom had <laughs> yeah, bewitched had my take, dad. It takes bewitching, right? To <laughs> that's just, right. To just clean your <laughs> to own clean home. Your own space. That's <laughs> right, for a man to do it. And, uh, but I learned that that was okay to clean. You know, and, uh, and, and, and so when we, and, and to cook, you know, and to, to, to do these things. So, so when we got married, we, we, theologically, <laughs> theolo theologically, we understood, <laughs> at least theologically, our understanding was that, and culturally as yeah, well, strong culturally was that you were meant to cook, yeah. you were meant to And clean, I was ready for that, And that right? you were meant to do, to, to, well, you chased me out of the kitchen the yeah, first yeah, yeah. time That's I came I'm into saying. the kitchen, yeah. you know, so, so. 
I came into the kitchen because I thought we were going to do this together. It was the first yeah. day. We just but moved I'm, into I'm, our flat. I'm there to perform everything that I'd been taught. But I've got like... to be the domestic goddess. <laughs> I've got to my party. You know, everything. I'm going to iron. I can't iron, but I mean, I tried it. Yes. And, you know, I was like, I'm here to perform things. all the things yeah. that I'm supposed to do. And then, and then what happened? But and then I was you're sitting like, there. But I was to... sitting there initially thinking, but I can do this. Yeah, and I, I want to do yeah, this. I actually know how to do this, but I, I thought, okay, let, let me not, because theologically and culturally, this is wrong. Yeah. Right? From, from yeah, yeah, yeah. In terms of what we had learned. Yeah, yeah. But after a few months, you're very tired. Yeah. But I started to get comfortable, I guess, because. <laughs> yeah, because you, because I, I, I'm like the, I'm gonna cook a meal. No, just sit yeah, there. Yeah. I'll bring it. Yes. I'll bring we'll the go meal. out, do the You'd, same work on yeah, campus, come yeah, back, come and then you get into a kitchen. And I I've pull up a do. chair. And then, so, you know, it was like, oh, it's time to watch the TV. And then I think, yeah. when, when was it? Was it like on, on month four, <laughs> yeah. month three? Yeah, you're like, uh, yeah, I'm good. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired. And you, you come make your own food. You're like, oh, but guys, yeah. I don't do this. <laughs> like, no, I, don't, I can't either. But, yeah. but then what I realized that what we did was we then tried to keep our cultural and theological yeah. framework language-wise, even though we were starting to change. Yeah, I remember. We said, look, we've got to do what's practical. Yeah. what allows us both to thrive, to keep this household together, as you said. Yeah. But then because there was an allegiance to a theological language and, to, the language, and yeah. to a cultural kind of framework, we said, oh no, Lusanda, it means this is your role, but you're just actually outsourcing uh, it to me, delegating to me. Delegating to me. Said. But you are still the one who is responsible yeah. for making sure that it has happened, that I have done it. And the same I mean, thing, we tried, you know, we, we, but what I'm saying is it was this struggle because there was an allegiance yeah. to a framework, even though clearly it's not what we were living. So I think what it calls us to do is, as we did, eventually we sat down and said, let's be honest. This you know, is what, what it yeah. is, we, because we do what we believe. Yeah. Let's, let's be honest. What is it that we actually believe? When we had to re re review, <laughs> review our ideas. And audit about, it, yeah. right. And start digging, digging deeper. And that led us to obviously different parts and different ways of understanding uh, the, those portions of, of scripture. But, mm. but what I'm saying is we have to be honest and understand our allegiances towards our religious and our cultural constructs. Uh, correct. And we have to audit them continuously and especially where they're not being practical. And I say practical, I mean it in a sense of if we keep thinking that this, the way we're applying this word is the way that God intended it, yeah, but and, women and, experience yeah. our spaces unjustly. We've got to ask ourselves, where's the disconnect? Where's the, where's Rather the than lie? keep doing where's injury the... to the image of God. Okay, that's good. Rather than keep on doing imagery to the word of God. Injury right? to the word, yeah. Because there is this text and there's a scriptural data here that we can point to. But then we also have the way in which we, the history in which we've reflected and taught the text, the scriptural data, yeah. sometimes in trying to protect our reflections, which are not infallible. Yeah. This, we can maintain this is infallible, but our reflections of it are, are not. not. Yeah, they but sometimes we confuse already. the two. Yeah. And then what we want to do then is protect our reflections, our historical reflections sometimes. Not that they're not important. It's good to learn, you know, from a great traditions of the church, but but we, when, we, when we then make them, when we canonize our, 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 our doctrine, when we canonize our own reflection at the expense, expense of, of the, the text and expense of, of this person, exactly, then we do injustice not only to the word here, but obviously to Jesus Christ and the image mm. of the man that he, he is.
I want us to get to the practical of it, right? Mm -hmm. What does it mean for you then as a man who's an ally at work and professional spaces at home? What, is, what does all of this stuff mean to you? I mean, you're a father to our three girls. They love you. There's a way in which you treat them. I, I mean, I remember when we went into the toy shop mm. and we saw the way that it... <laughs> it's color coded. Girls aside, yeah. boys aside, and, makeup and, kids. And we've literally you know? <laughs> decided that we are gonna undermine this whole thing. We will find out who has God given us. Yeah. And let's serve them according to that. And we give them what 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 they need to thrive as opposed to what they're supposed to get according to the color code. Um yeah. what 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 are the practical things that um you do as a father that um if you think about Women in the in the in, in in your office, for instance, you have um, an amazing amazing team of women, right? Um, so it's made there are many there are lots of women in your team, and mm. what does that what does being an ally and a man who's an ally in as a Christian man who's an ally mean for them? And um, I think you've reframed how you relate to me, so you don't have to go to that to that. But um, women in general and your children, what does that mean for you? So. Starting with you. Okay. <laughs> but extending. <laughs> but extending, um, obviously, to, to other women in okay. my life. Yeah. I'm getting better at asking the question, what does it feel like to experience me? Okay. Not just to be only aware of my experience, but to be aware of how other people, other women, encounter you. are encountering me. Am I am I somebody that people are happy uh, or they feel a sense of freedom or uh, am I am I a liberating force? Am I okay. an empowering force? Am I somebody who makes way um, for people to thrive, you know, with their gifts uh, and their talents, their dreams? Am I somebody who am I a door opener? you know, chivalry in that sense, in the Western sense, okay. uh, of being a door opener, mm. but in terms of opportunities. Okay. Where my male privilege allows me to, to access to that door. Yeah, and to be exceptional. But where I, yeah. know, where I know that I'm not actually the person who should be walking through that door. Okay. Can I open the door? Can I use my male privilege to open the door and let the right woman then walk in, mm. walk through it? Uh, can I? Can I? Um, can I? Can I be? Can I be somebody that uh, can save a life like Jesus did? Come on. You know that that woman that you spoke you spoke about. Mm. Uh, when when I see how you know. The system is is against is against her. When when there's a need, um, when 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 I need to rebuke my brothers, that is not to say to to portray myself as a savior, but as a rebuker mm. in that role. All of that, of course, is only possible if I start by asking myself okay. the hard questions about what is it about my makeup, my socialization. Okay. That is problematic. That's part of the problem. Yeah. What is my relationship? So not just looking at the statistics, but asking myself, what's my relationship to these statistics? Okay. 
That's very you true. know what 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 role do I play um, in upholding them? When I find myself in my various spaces, is how do I articulate um, my own comfort in these spaces mm. when I know that women are framed unjustly or they have a negative experience? Why am I comfortable there? When 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 I consider. Uh, my relationship with these issues. Why should it only matter when it's my wife and my sister and okay. my this or my that? Yeah. Um, you know, why, why can't it just matter because this is an injustice in, in, in the world? No it starts way. with me asking these questions. Sure. Um, it asks me, why am I, why, why am I, why am I uncritical uh, when it comes to uh, the injustice, or as critical, I guess, when it comes to injustice, you know, against women, like you, you so you so passionately framed, Lusanda, when I would be if that same injustice was okay. directed towards me. You, yeah, um, yeah. So it's a it's a it's a wanting to be like Jesus That's in the beautiful. way that people experience him not like in an abstract way this is my intention yes. this is my heart this is no 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 how people how actually impact you're talking about impact, impact. yeah how people <laughs> experience intention. right yeah, how people absolutely. experience but then i say it's a work that starts in internally exactly. asking yeah these questions and of course coming full circle come full circle <laughs> Well, I think that was really great because what you've done is that we, we, we first went into, um, then at the first year we immersed a bit, we looked at the story of um, what's happened, what, what is here, what do we see. Um, we've spoken about male privilege and what, what the story is talking, what, how it deals directly with your own life and some of your own personal challenges. And we've analyzed it. Um, and um, I think some of the most pertinent things for me will always be not just that analysis, but also how to allow it to bring us to action. And I think you've, you've just brought us full circle so beautifully. Thank you so much, Matlazi. This was a beautiful conversation. <laughs> I'm allowed to refer it. That's my wife on set. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much for sitting and coming full circle with us. Our conversation on growth as people of faith is ongoing, and so we'd love to keep journeying with you. Our circle around family, seeing how we can keep our cycle of faith, action, and reflection continuing. So follow our Instagram accounts and join us next week as we continue circling around.